Welcome to Rough Drafts, How God Writes His Love in Our Stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They are just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. When we started this podcast, I thought about some of the people I know that are incredible storytellers, Uh, the sort of people that when we have a Halloween party, you'll find people Uh, gathered off in a room because they want to hear the stories. And today's guest is one of the people that I thought of first, uh, because I can guarantee if there's a group of people, he's going to be holding court, telling the stories. uh, And we're going to hope that the statute of limitations has expired on all of the stories. Uh, He has been a staple in the Burns community his whole life. Uh, He has been in the water business uh, in Dixon for 43 years. An incredible family. Uh, amazing wife, kids, grandkids, the whole nine yards. Uh, he's my friend, Mike Chandler. Mike, thanks for coming today. Thanks for asking. So you all right with me calling you a storyteller? Uh, well, yeah, I guess I'm full of it, so. <laughs> well, full of what? We're not real sure. I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> that took 12 seconds into the show before we, we started before we to get into trouble. <laughs> okay. Well, what's, sto- what's your story? What's your God story, Mike? Well, I was raised... Uh, in a household with uh, primitive Baptists. My grandparents were primitive Baptists. My granddad was a elder in the church up here, and my grandmother was the secretary. So I was raised in that, and uh, Mama went to, she went to that church. So Daddy was always Church Christ. Of course, his family was the one that donated the ground to put the church on. Yeah. So they were Church Christ, and all his family was Church Christ. So... I guess it was it was uh, inevitable that I'd gravitate towards it. Uh, I really started, uh, you know, the uh, I went everywhere all over the South with my grandfather, grandfather, and uh, because they went to association meetings, uh, like our fifth Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's different places: Jacksonville, Florida, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Auburn, Alabama. You know, just wherever there was a big group. And I was always in awe of the amount of people that were there. Because uh, we had a small church up here. So about, uh, I don't know, about 97, I was changing jobs, just going into being a general manager. And uh, it was pretty stressful for me because I'm not a, I'm not a good boss. I'm a good doer, but not a good... Uh, point to it and say do that so uh, I got threatened several times by the board of directors for being down in the ditch uh, one night and we were fixing a leak and they said what are you doing down there and I said well, I'm trying to fix a leak so well, you're not you're supposed to be up here telling them how I said well it's a whole lot easier for me to get down there so uh, but that, that earns you a lot of respect with the guys though well it does it does and uh I just never did feel like I was anything but one of them, an employee, and uh, in which I was. But uh, under quite a bit of stress for that, uh, the children were growing up. Uh, 
leaving to, to be married and living in her own home, and that was that's stressful for me to have them moving away. So uh, May had started going up here about 1990, somewhere around in there. And uh, I came with her a few times in the old church and uh, enjoyed it. It was okay. Didn't mean really think much. I really just rode the preacher up there because I told him, I said, uh, I said, y'all's, y'all's singing and music didn't, didn't count for much. I said, I put an extra 20 in the basket so y'all get a guitar or an <laughs> uh, organ or something. He said, you know better than that. That's funny. Primitive Baptists don't have music either. Right, right. They won't allow recorded music yeah. in the church. So um, it was kind of a culture shock to me. Uh, and I heard it. Now, it was it was good. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, I can spend an hour a week if it'll make me happy. That's right. And so she's the one that got me to come up here, and uh, the more I came, the, the more I learned. And uh, Primitive Baptist, and I'm not knocking them, but they're not not a big teaching. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they don't have much of a ministry, other than you sit down in the hard bench and listen to the yeah. preaching. And they would preach till they got tired, and somebody else would take over. They'd preached till they got tired, and then the first one was rested again. So I've been up there at the church till 2 or 3 o'clock and a half. So, Mike, your prayer was that they got tired quick. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, I, like I say, I started coming up here because of May, and uh, got the feeling pretty good. So I thought that, uh, you know, what if I started coming up here all the time? So I was hearing, and I was believing and uh, then I got where I was feeling worse every Sunday when I'd leave because I wasn't, didn't go down and join. And uh, so finally I got up and went down and joined and got baptized. And, uh, a whole different feeling. I've already told you my family cries at a good sandwich. So, <laughs> uh, And this is a lot better than a good sandwich. Yeah. So um, I felt a presence when I was baptized, and uh, I still feel that presence. My family issues all solved herself, and uh, God answered my prayers. And my work life evened out. I got I got a lot of things taken care of during that time that I I give credit to to God and the church. I got to see some good people and uh, really appreciated uh, some of the older ones that were here. Uh, I was kind of put off for a while uh, because of the things that were said. I don't like bashing another religion. I don't like uh, bashing somebody for what they are. That's, that's all it is. They're what they are. Yeah. And uh, maybe they just need a, a prayer or a helping hand or a sandwich yeah just be there mm-hmm. and uh there was a a great group of people here when i started and uh we were going along there and then the preacher left and he was a big part of our christian life because he baptized me and we had of course he was a sunday school teacher and a wednesday night and uh so 
it uh, it kind of hurt. So we went to several other places and tried. Didn't stop going to church because that that ain't got anything to do with anybody else. That's that's me. And uh, so I we tried several places. I just couldn't find a place that I had any roots. So uh, we came back and went through several preachers that some of them I, I disagreed with. Some of them made some statements that I disagreed with and got mad and left. <laughs> uh, finally, the uh, Brother James came, the healer, and he was exactly the person we needed to bring us out of that. I have to say that uh, he was probably one of the ones that boosted me. He got me back where I felt right. So uh, he's just such a good man. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think lost. what people, people who are new to, to our church or this community, yeah. they don't understand that the good things that we're enjoying right now yeah. are because of what he did. He, uh, you know, he taught us we didn't have to bash people. He taught us we could disagree well. He just, um, like you said, he's a good man and uh, he's a good preacher. He's a good person, and uh, that that's helped me through a whole lot. Uh, being a boss, uh, you know, everybody says they want to be their own boss. Well, I found out that sometimes your boss is a butthole because <laughs> uh, it was hard for me to, uh, some of the things I had to do, I hate to fire people. Uh, you're not firing just them, you're firing the family. And that's uh, one of my main things that I love is my family. Yeah. And there's never a good time to do it, you know? No, no. I had to do it a whole lot more than I wanted to. Yeah. And uh, some people won't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. generally, and I said this when I retired, I've... Uh, I've never worked a day in my life because I enjoyed working, enjoyed being there, enjoyed the people I worked with for the most part. And uh, I don't know, it just, it was, it was what I was meant to do, I guess. Yeah. And you did well. Well, I, I hope, I'd like to think so anyway. Yeah, the, the water in Dixon didn't give me dysentery, well, so that's, that, right. that's worth something. You're not sick from it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it was a. I was there in a major time where we swapped from uh, the little small utilities to the Water Authority of Dixon County. That was uh, 2001. A big consolidation. The consolidations, and had worked through that, and it was it was tough. But because uh, there's politics and there's people and there's well, I had to, I never had to really. Well, I'm saying this, and this is not right, but never really had a lot of politics about me. Yeah. Uh, during that time, I was on city council, so I yeah. did have, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't let politics govern me because if it was right, it was right. If it was wrong, it was wrong. I didn't care, and I always stood up for that. Yeah, that principle. So I stayed twenty years as a member uh, council over in Burns, and uh, did a whole lot of things during that time that uh, I was satisfied when I got out with 
what I accomplished or what had been accomplished while I was there. Yeah. I didn't accomplish them. Uh, very, very few things you accomplish by yourself. In fact, I don't guess you accomplish anything by yourself. I agree. So uh, we uh, finally got it done anyway. And there was a lot of lumps and, and bumps and bruises along the way. And I kept telling them, I said, give it five years. And when you forget all this other stuff, then it'll, it'll work together okay. This will be the best thing we've ever done if it doesn't kill us in the next five years. A lot of people didn't realize how close we were running out of water. Yeah. This isn't drinking water. Uh, we were down to, oh, uh, we could produce three and a half million a day, and we were producing 3.4. And you're only supposed to do 80% before you build on. Gotcha. So in 97, we started building on to it, even though we were anticipating going in there. We had to wait long enough to. Wow. I had to I had to last long enough. I can remember cutting water feed on the chemicals back, try to save water. So, wow, a leak we couldn't have. Yeah, uh, a leak had to be fixed right then. Because if you didn't, you were in real trouble. Well, when the tanks started dropping, you were in real trouble. So, wow, it it uh, it worked out well. The Summerlin River plant was on put online, and it was a new technology, and so it's taken. Taking a while to get it like the one. It membrane is the future because it won't won't let anything pass. So, Mike, I I didn't know anything about how you know you turn on a tap and magic water comes out. But I did the leadership Dixon program a few years ago, and they took us up to that plant and they they toured it and they showed us the membrane and yeah. it looks like these thirty foot long spaghetti noodles. That's about it. That have microscopic holes in them <laughs> and it sucks the water through them and it yeah. It, it filters. Uh, it. a vacuum system. Uh, they make pressure systems too, but uh, we were afraid one of the operators would have a heart attack because when it pressure pressure comes on and hits it, it makes a loud noise and shakes. You know, and we were afraid some of our older operators would have a have a coronary during that time. So we decided not to do that. But the pressure uh, had a lot of faults with it that the vacuum didn't. Uh, we went all over the country looking at them before we settled on what kind we wanted. Well, it was so neat. And, and Mike, forgive me if you think I'm being kind of stupid here, because well, I just am. <laughs> I wish you could see the looks he's giving me. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think water was kind of the perfect job for you, because I, I, I need to say this carefully. Uh, you work hard. You prefer to be in the background. And... You can kind of be taken forgotten, but the moment you're not here, we really realize we screwed something up. So, uh, I appreciate that. I don't know. Uh, I say I've never looked for the spotlight. I don't want, uh, I'd rather be in the background pushing somebody else forward. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I just, of course, it's good to hear somebody say it, uh, say it to you that you've done a good job or whatever. And, uh, but I don't exist on that. Yeah. It, uh, I say it's something you want to hear. Yeah. Well, everybody likes some encouragement. Everybody likes being encouraged or getting out of boy, but, uh, it gets to where you get too many of them. Yeah. You get to taking, taking it for granted. Or you start to believe them. Yeah. You know. I try to take, I try not to take anything for granted. Yeah. Of course, when you've, uh, when you've had five heart attacks and 
died two or three times. It it uh, kind of takes all that big wisdom out of you, and you're just thankful you're here. That's what I was about to ask you because you know you kind of told your story where you're, you know, it wasn't like you hated church; it just wasn't what you're doing. And then it yeah. kind of became a thing. And you talked about the peace it gave you, but the folks listening who don't know you real well don't realize just how much you've been through in the last. 10 years? I, I don't know when it all started. started in 1990. Okay. It, longer than that. So, yeah. your heart attacks, your lungs. I had open heart surgery at, at, in 90 and uh, did pretty well till, of course, in, in 1990, uh, open heart surgery was the answer to it. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of stents and right. it was just a brand new thing. So, I went up to uh, probably 98, 97, 98. It had a little flare up, and I think it was just a like a blood clot passing through. So, I then in two in two thousand seven, uh, I had a pretty good event, and uh, had to go I had to go in and have I think three stents put in, mm. and uh, that was right after I had double knee surgery, and I was doing a rehab, and then I had a heart attack on May's birthday. <laughs> that was super considerate really of you. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Did she appreciate that birthday gift? She did, really. And uh, so then uh, went to about, seemed like it's about every 10 years, uh, had a little little problem in uh, 13, but didn't amount to anything. And, and uh, 17, had a little problem. It didn't amount to a whole lot, but had to go into the hospital for a while. Then in 19, they... Uh, Put me in there to take some of the fluid off my body, and uh, uh, they took too much, <laughs> and uh, my potassium dropped out the bottom, and uh, I died. Mm. And they shocked me and brought me back. That's what made me rethink my uh, do not resuscitate order. Yeah, I kind of tore it up. <laughs> I said, you know, I don't want to be brought back if I'm. If I want to have to live on a machine the rest of my life, yeah, I don't want to do that. Me either. But, you know, if you can, if you can kick me in the butt or give me a shot or something, and it's going to bring me back. Do it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll one. talk about it later. Yeah. So you you got hit by that shock. Were you awake for that, or was that a? Yeah, I was wide awake. Oh, and uh, so what was that like? It's like being kicked by a mule. I've been kicked by a mule. Too. <laughs> I was going to say it doesn't help me a lot. I've well, it. Uh, if you stood there and let me run back as far as I wanted to run and came through and hit you in the face, well, that's kind of what it feels like. You're smiling a lot while you're yeah. thinking about running and hitting you in the face. It was an image. Okay. Uh, I've thought about it several times. Most people have. <clears throat> Leslie has a club. If you'd like to join it, she could. you have to pay dues. And, yeah. You know, yeah. 2022, I had, uh, my, I had a defibrillator put in. That's what I did in 2007, too when it started and then 17 i had to have it changed it's a, a defibrillator and a pacemaker together and uh back uh i guess it was 2022 back in uh march i believe i i had uh i'd been out working all day come in and took a shower and while i stand there i got dizzy so I got off, started drying off, and sat down. And uh, I, when it, the defibrillator hit me first time, mm. 
and uh, so my heart for May, she didn't hear me, and uh, it, I started up that way, and it hit me again. Oh. And I said, well, I better, so I got my oxygen, which is sitting right there. I put it on, and uh, it hit me again. Uh, all together, nine times. Oh, no. Uh, once in the hospital. But um, uh, that was a, that was an experience, too. That's like getting kicked. Except it's happening inside you. Right there, yeah. Wow. And uh, so I I was in the hospital there for nine days. I was in, it seemed like it comes in nines. I was in the hospital when they had to shock me for nine days. And I don't like hospitals. There's two places I have no urge to go to, and it's a hospital if you, I figure I'll be there soon enough to get away. That's right. So, uh, Powell, <laughs> I had to go back. He let me go home. I said, I'm going home after nine days. And he said, well, you really need to stay for there too. I said, well, uh, I may need to, but I'm going home. Yeah. And so I, they released me and let me go. And I had to come back the next Monday to see him. And I was sitting there, and he was looking and poking and uh, feeling how much fluid I had over me. He said, we're going to need to put you in the hospital for about three or four more days. And I said, you kept me in here nine days and damn near killed me. Why would I want to come back and be in three more with you? No, thank you. <laughs> what did he say to that? He didn't say anything. Yeah. He's about used to me, too. Uh, Is that the doctor with the fun name, by the way? No. Okay. That was the one that, uh, of course, that did the, uh, well, she didn't take colonoscopy. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And he was he had a real name. Yeah. And uh, I I've thought a lot about it, but <laughs> I, and I'm not going to say it. I mean, I'm just trying to needle you into it. And May is sitting somewhere saying, Mike, man, you'd be good. She told me before I left uh, to try to contain myself. <laughs> well, that's no fun. But if I had to say one person on my, my trail would be May. Yeah. Well, tell us about her. Uh, uh, that's okay. Well, we've been married uh, 53 years. And uh, we grew up together, uh, raised our kids together. And um, she uh, never didn't think she was very smart. And I, I kept telling her, I said, you're smarter than most people. But she never had, had that reinforced yeah. at her. And so she's had several jobs at, uh, well, she's vice president of the bank. Uh, I don't reckon they let dummies do it. I never did get to do it. <laughs> me either. So, uh, she took good care of me there. So uh, They always had the same amount of money I thought they were supposed to. That, that, uh, that amazed me. I thought maybe we'd have a money tree or something. Yeah, you'd think. But uh, no, they didn't give you one of them either. I could to go back. And uh, in fact, they wouldn't even loan us any money, I don't think. Yeah. But <laughs> but we, uh, she worked several jobs. She worked uh Worked at my Walnut Street daycare for several years. Went down there as uh, as uh, part time, and of course that worked into full time pretty quick. She loves kids, and uh, then later on in her professional life, she decided that she told me she said, "I'm I'm going to look for another job." Said, "I don't hate my grandchildren," <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, she went and got her job at the bank. And, 
But all this time, she was uh, uh, supportive. He, uh, well, you've had a good life. You have. You really have. And it's funny. It seems like any time I have been at uh, Creekwood or any of the, the schools around here seeing a game, I'll look over and May's cheering for somebody because y'all have a grandkid playing basically everything that could be played. She uh, she likes sports, yeah. and uh, she likes following the kids. That's where she is now, is uh, meeting my youngest daughter, or as they call her, the baby. <laughs> and uh, they're going to Fayetteville, uh, Tennessee, to watch a softball game between my uh, niece, our team, and Fayetteville's team uh, for a part of uh, be the top four in the state. That's cool. So, uh, in middle school. So, uh, she's followed them, and I've tried to follow them, too, but I just don't travel much. It's uh, a little bit too much for me. I don't, uh, I can spend a certain amount of time closed in and told, but I can't do it for very long at a time. Yeah. And I go berserk. So. Well, I heard that's not a long trip, but. That's not. Uh, <clears throat> when you said earlier that uh, whatever I said would be okay, I thought, well, I'm probably not going to mash a finger or anything in here. So, well, we ought to be okay. <laughs> yeah, probably. I probably won't get hurt too bad. Well, I won't, we'll keep a hammer away from both of us. That's right. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Um, I can hurt myself. I remind myself of my granddad. Yeah. Because he was always bleeding or skinned up somewhere. And when you get older, of course, you do that a little lot easier. But uh, he... He uh, was always doing something, and uh, he was at home. He uh, retired from railroad when he was probably, I don't know, 50-odd years old. Uh, they had an accident that uh, he and Mr. Floyd Hall, I don't know if you knew them, Miss Mary Hall and uh, Rebecca Weiber, uh, their mother, and uh, her, no, Dan's mother, excuse me, and... Uh, they uh, fell from a bridge they was working on uh, over the dry riverbed at Duck River in Centerville. And it broke him all to pieces. It broke both legs, uh, broke his pelvis, broke ribs, back, arms, everything. Yeah. That sudden jolt. And so he was laid up for a while. Before that, he had a, uh, he was a crane operator. So anytime he was unloading or doing anything, he had to be there. And he was waiting for him to sidetrack this load of rails, and it turned over. And it threw rails on me. And just so happened, a couple of the rails went this way, and then the rest of them piled up on top. Oh, wow. So it didn't crush So they, they dug him out and called, called my mother and my grandmother and said, you need to get up here. Doesn't look good. So they did, but he left about about 30 years after that. Wow. Uh, so what you're telling me is, you know, y'all's family's kind of impossible to kill. Right. It's pretty much uh, at least hard to. But uh, there's a lot of good memories. I can remember a lot of things when I am when I was four years old. Yeah. And I can't remember what I had for lunch today. So, yeah, that's you know, right. But it... Uh, when you were four, it was probably a lot more fun than whatever you had for lunch today. But we went to... Uh, he was in Centerville. And I was amazed by the bags of sand that had hanging, that had uh, casts and pieces on him 
and pulling them apart and pulling them back together and all that. And I was like, so he was in traction, kind of in traction. Yeah, what to do now without without sandbag? Yeah, and uh, so uh, it was about Christmas time, and I was I was always singing and whistling and and carrying on. So we went to see him, and uh, about halfway down there, Daddy turned around and he said, "I've heard Silent Night about enough." <laughs> he didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it no more. I done sung it four or five times. I knew it. Yeah. But uh, Daddy worked in Nashville all those years and uh, didn't like the place he worked, didn't like the people he worked with, but he had to have a job. Uh, I, I did basically the same thing. Worked two and three jobs, uh, hauled hay, did a little bit of everything. And... Uh, so I and somebody told me one time that if you're having to work more than one job to make a living, you're in the wrong profession. Well, <laughs> there's some training that I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have to agree. So I started going a little bit deeper, trying to. Uh, I was in a I was a pressman, offset pressman, printing pressman, and uh, finally worked through my apprenticeship and got to be a pressman and decided to quit. <laughs> And I was making decent money then. Yeah. But uh, I took about a $7 an hour cut mm. to go to Turnbull to work in the water plant. And it's the best move I ever made. That set up the whole rest of your career? It, it did. Uh, plus, uh, peace. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody opened a drain on my foot and let all the bad stuff out. Yeah. Because I was, uh, I'm sure I was hard to live with. I like to say, I just like him. I hated my job. Yeah. I hated the people I worked with. I hated having to drive to Nashville every day. So. Yeah. And I've told several people I'd pick up cans alongside the road before I'd work Nashville again. Yeah. Oh, and it's gotten so much worse the way the commute has well, gotten. At that time, it didn't have interstate through Nashville. Yeah. Uh, when I was working up there, you had to get off 46th Avenue and drive across town. So uh, by the time I quit, they finished all that. It got better once you got done. Oh, uh, yeah. Once I left, I guess they figured they'd do it. <laughs> I remember Jeff Coons used to tell stories growing up around there, uh, around 46th, uh, when they were building 40 through there, that they'd go up after school and ride their bikes on yeah. what the interstate, you know, what was going to become the interstate. The road bed. And that image just kind of breaks my brain, you know, because you know, it's an impossible thing to imagine now. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how many cars. Um, down that highway every day, but it's just having to go back and forth. The doctors' visits, it's it's bothers me. Am I boring? <laughs> I just yawned because I hit my <laughs> afternoon nap. <laughs> you know? uh, uh, what's something you wished you'd learned in your life earlier? Uh, I I guess plain thing I wish I'd learned is how to control myself. Uh, I'd be at peace with myself. Yeah. I, I have had a terrible temper at one time. Uh, we were, my grandson just bought our house, other house over there, and uh, <clears throat> May was pointing out the holes in the walls where I'd had to patch them, <laughs> where I'd hit them, kicked them, and butted, head-butted one through. Well, that's impressive. And, uh, yeah, and then, on the door face, and there's no door, and there's just a cased opening. You can see the knuckle marks on that board going up and down there. Six, six inch wide board. 
and I'd go through there, and I don't know how I kept him breaking an hand. Yeah. But I would go through there and pull it shut. And, uh, of course, I always told May, I said, I'm going to go like Jackie Gleason. One of these days, it's going to be pow to the moon. Uh, we got into it one afternoon. Uh, we were in the back house, and uh, I finally to learn to turn around and leave. So I turned around. Of course, she didn't. She just followed right along behind me. So I packed the So when I got to that door, I picked her up by the lapel, and I held her up against the wall, and I said, I'm walking away to get away from you. Stay right here. Yeah. And shut up. <laughs> and that, that lasted till her feet hit the floor. Yeah. And uh, so I just ran out the door, got away. <laughs> so I have a picture of her chasing you that I'm kind of enjoying. No, like she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. She knew I was going to have to come home. Yeah, if I wanted some to eat. That's right. Uh, she, she had you at the end of the day. She had me right there. So, but I can't complain about me at all. And uh, it's kind of like I said about Randy. If I've got one, one point for me in heaven, it's Randy. He's a good man. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I guess, was it, uh, Sunday we were in Florida, I guess. Randy was doing, uh, I don't think he was doing the prayer. I think he must have been doing something else. But anyway, he was up there, and of course, I was down in Florida all being, he made me cry. <laughs> he said, uh, I'd often said that, uh, my granddad was the best man I'd ever been around, and I, I would wish I could be half the man that he was. And he said, uh, I wonder if somebody will say that about me. Hmm. And it's something you think about, what I remember you for. And uh, I hope they forgot all the bad stuff. <laughs> and remember, remember me for um, the few good times I've done. Uh, Mike, I have never been with you and haven't had fun. Well, I, I think, you know, God's got a sense of humor. Look at me and you. That's right. <laughs> you know. Now, I am sitting far enough away you can't hit me from there. With what? <laughs> Anything you're uh, carrying, you know. Uh, you know, Randy, we haven't done one of these episodes with Randy yet. We need to. Uh, I, I can't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Marshalls, uh, and I listen to Mac Adams. Uh, while while I was away from church, I was watching church. So uh, I I'm awful glad that we've got that program so can bring it to people that don't feel like they can get out. And like I say, I've got COPD, uh, CKD, chronic kidney disease. Uh, my lungs are bad, and my heart's bad, and and so uh, I I have to be real careful about who I'm around and what I'm around. Yeah, especially up until the last few weeks that I've been coming back. The winter time is super tough. It well, winter time and real summertime is tough. Yeah, because we get so hot you can't breathe. <clears throat> yeah, uh, right now I've been out mowing, bush hogging. And, uh, I can't breathe for all the... Well, there's uh, pollen in the air, and there is oxygen. In the dust. I did wait till after it rained to bush hog, so I wouldn't get to as much. Quite as much, yeah. but, man, 
you know, I did a dumb thing the other day. My contact got a little, little, uh, fallen in it. So I took my contact out and I tried to put it back in Then I dropped it and I was at Montgomery Bell. Oh. So I tried to wash it off with my, with a water bottle, which isn't real smart to start with, but that knocked it onto the ground. So I ended up trying to go on a trail run with just one eye. You know, it looked like a Popeye. like an idiot pirate running through the park. I thought somebody's going to call the police on this drunk guy going through here. You know, Leslie just laughing. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I, I feel like it's important to have fun. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty easy to be kind of downtrodden and, and not. And I, I'm uh, pretty satisfied. That's a, and, you know, I, I don't want to push on this too hard, but with all the health stuff you've gone through, it would be easy for a person not to be satisfied. Yeah. Because you have been a worker and a doer your whole life. You're the guy who's the the manager of Water Authority, and you're down in the ditch. You're yeah. talking about bush hogging. Um, how do you think you've managed to hang on to peace when you haven't been able to do the things that you want to do? Uh, probably my faith. And uh, I, I really, I don't, uh, I'm not a great big, and I love to hear the praying and all, but uh, I like the private prayer. And I probably, probably pray eight or ten times a day. It's not very long. Thank you, Lord, or uh, please, Lord, help me. Give me strength, uh Please, Lord, watch over my kids. Oh. So far, he's answered yes. So um, I've uh, I've done a lot of it, done a lot I need to pray for, but uh, never been too bad a person. Uh, I've made some bad decisions. Who hasn't? I am. And uh, I hope I've recovered from him pretty well. But uh, there's always room for improvement, and like I say, I'm not I'm not a big vocal proponent, but uh, I worship in my way. Yeah, and I like it up here because nobody's trying to force me to do it in any other way. Yeah, and I hadn't so far. And there's a lot of things that I don't have to kind of worry about that that we don't talk about up here, and that. Uh, I don't think there's any need to, because I, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, own about divorce or uh, whatever. And, you know, there's times you got to cut your losses. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, I, I really don't think that has anything to do with a person. Well, you said earlier, you know, you are who you are. Yeah. And we just need to deal with who you are, not who we wish you were. You're going to stumble through life one way or the other. And that's what it is, is stumbling. All the way through. Sometimes you catch yourself. Sometimes you're running. Sometimes you're falling. Yeah. Sometimes you're crying. Sometimes you're, uh, I guess that's the reason. I always liked, uh, I guess my favorite Bible verse was uh, chapter 13, Corinthians. Yes. It's kind of a, a plan for life. Yeah. Marriage. uh just for life in general. So, faith, love, and hope, and above, above all others, love. Uh, if you can't get anything else right, 
try real hard to get that one right. You got to get it right before anything else will come. And uh, I, when I first started coming up here, they told me, and I, I had never been a terribly, I believed, but uh, I didn't know how to believe, I guess. Yes. Um, but uh, when they told me, you, you, you know, use God, your family, and your job, and all these other things, I thought, I can't hardly do that against my family. But I figured out, you know, if you've got God on your side, then you're going to love your family. Uh, you don't have any choice. The best way to be a decent dad and a decent decent husband is to be a God follower. That's right. You know. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I give him the credit for anything good I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, and I always tried to tried to follow uh, Jesus through here. Uh, kind of tough sometimes, but I also realize it's uh, two thousand years afterwards. So, uh, what that looks like looks a little different than it did. It does, you know. We're as somebody said about they was talking about us eating in the church, and I said, "Well, I'm, I'm not really," but I said, "I guess you could say that." But I said, "We're not meeting out under a tree." Yeah. So I said, "You know." Uh, and it and it doesn't say that. It says don't come to church hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it means to, uh, you know, you're not going to have your feast like you're talking about. At First Corinthians 11 things, people who are fussing and fighting with each other, yeah. not, not having lunch because they like each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was so, something different, but. There's a lot of. But people love to find stuff to argue about. Yeah. It's just like politics. It's just like sports. We got to find our way and try to convince everybody else that we figured it out and the world would be perfect if they disagree with us. Brother Glenn was always too deep for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying this against him. I'm glad he's like that, but he taught a class on uh, Revelations once, and uh, he, I guess, got down to my level on it, yeah. and I understood finally. Can I read it and read it and read it and read it and read it? And I wasn't coming away with anything. Tough book. It is. It's, uh, and from start to finish. And, uh, so it, I finally realized this was his dream or his, uh, his thought process. Yeah. So it kind of makes it a little easier to, to hide. <laughs> you get up to that last one and you think, well, wait a minute. All this other stuff's been in vain then. <laughs> It's but it, uh, it, you know, starting out all the way through, is, uh, I, I'm not big on memorizing verses. Uh, I'm, really, I'm not that smart. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'd yeah, say something uh, way meaner. I'll call, I'll call Marshall Sullivan, and he'll tell us what to say. Yeah. Uh, he, he'll lay out a three-letter word. <laughs> but I always uh, got tickled about people that say they're not... Yeah, I, my grandson, when he was about three years old, was out in the yard playing with my other grandson, his same age, and uh, he was jumping in front of him, had a little electric gator. He was jumping out in front of him and jumping out of the way, you know, well, his foot slipped, and the other grandson just ran over it. Yeah. And uh, he tuned up and just walked over to his daddy, and his daddy looked at him and said, nah, nah, what did I tell you about that? He said, if you're going to be stupid you got to be tough. <laughs> so I've always kind of thought that way. 
I must be awful stupid. Because <laughs> God sure seemed to make you talk. Yeah. Well, maybe there's some truth to that. I made enough mistakes in my life that um, I'm terribly lucky on, I don't know how much it's luck or just the plan for me. I feel like yet got uh, something else in, in plan and, and <laughs> coming to me. Yeah. Uh, or he wouldn't have kept me around. Well, Mike, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it better than I thought it would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see if the people who listen to it say yeah, the same. Well, they may shut it off. <laughs> you never know. No. Yeah. The good thing is they don't pay by the minute, so it's all right either way. I mean, this doesn't pay? No, not at all. Yeah. Well. We make bad life choices. Just want it again. Well, I, I think I got a mint in one of my death drawers if you really yeah, need some top That'll work. Okay. Here's a half-drunk water bottle. Is no thank you. Is there another story you'd like to tell before we wrap up? Anything else? That, uh, there's a lot of stories, but I don't think I want to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can appreciate that, Mike. Thanks so much for being with us today, and friends, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and next time, I can't wait to hear what God's up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you are at it. Help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes his love into our stories.